What's up, guys? We are here at the Lazy Dog over by, um, what is this shit called? Um, what's the plaza called again? Town Square. We're over by the Lazy Dog by Town Square. Uh, the food here is actually really good. I've been here a couple times before. It was a request from the lady, so we're gonna come out here, get some food, and do a nice little review. We're gonna talk about the fights as well, UFC 276. I'm gonna give my recap and the breaking down of what I thought transpired on the night. Talk about the co-mains, the main event, obviously Sugar Tits. We gotta talk about him and uh, him taking all these eyeballs back home. So, a lot to discuss and a lot of food that we need to eat. I feel like the co-main was really good. I feel like Bokanowski removed all doubt with this one. This one was like definitive. Like no one could actually say anything about this fight. Like really, beat Max down, if I'm being honest, uh, from beginning to end. I think Max was trying to push the pace, but Volkanovski just kept him off of him. Never gave him an opportunity to really close that gap and lay too many strikes. Volkanovski doing a beautiful job with his feints, his timing, his combinations. I feel like he looked like he was on another level. He looks like he's a tough man to beat, but also it was all stand-up, all stand-up. I think that's the difference. Like, you make him wrestle, and that's why I think Henry Cejudo makes it an interesting fight as well. Like, I would much rather have that fight over than Cejudo. I think the wrestling factor makes a big difference and people can say whatever they want to say. Wrestling changes the fight because it's a whole different animal that you got to respect. Fighting off your back, getting back up to the feet, making them tired, making them work, having to second guess yourself, like how many strikes you want to actually throw. It's a, it's a big difference. Overall, I think it was a great fight though, but that's why I think a guy like myself or Sayudo could really make things interesting at that weight class. And not even for the weight class, just for that title situation. I think that specific fight with Volkanovski, we pose really good threats to that guy. But Volk's good. He's on top for a reason. The big hype and mystique of Sugar Sean O'Malley and how good is he? We had an opportunity to really find this out, but Unfortunately, Edward Scissorhands decided to snip out the eyeballs of Pedro Munoz. Shame on you, Sean, but control your weapons, as they say. Know what you're doing with those phalanges. If you watch Israel Adesanya, he was put in a fist so that he wouldn't poke JC, even though I did think he got him one time, right? I think he did get him once. Um, but for the most part, he was measuring the distance, keeping his fist up, and that's being professional and understanding how to control your body. If you can't control your fingers, I don't know what to tell you, but it was shaping up to be a good fight. Very technical, no one was getting crazy. Pedro wasn't headhunting. Uh, Amali wasn't trying to open up too much. I think he respected Pedro and his game. And I think that was very smart and uh, strategical of him. And that's the fight game. We get to the highest levels, man. It's literally a game of inches. For Pedro to be that much shorter than him, that short of a reach, and to be in the fight in the first round that close, like if you watch this fight with Aldo, you watch this fight with Cruz, you watch this fight with myself, way different. And you watch that fight with Sean. I mean, you can't do MMA math, but you can compare it and see what the little nuances are. And they were just training kicks for the most part. Nobody wanted to overly commit. And Pedro Smart didn't start chasing up top because if he did, Sean would have started to piece him up early. With that being said, I think there wasn't too much that we can look at, but we can see that Sean is smart. He isn't over aggressive. He will be patient in there. Pedro fought very patient. And I think a lot of questions, well, a couple of questions were answered. 
We're sitting with you, get to see how tough Sean really is. A couple of times he's lost those fights. Well, the one fight with, um, I mean, I'm not saying I can handle that drop foot any better. That's a tough situation, but he got hit one time with that hammer fist and his lights got put out. And I think that says a lot. So we didn't get to see him get tested in that department. If Pedro could get his hands on him, touch up the body, the head will fall, touch him up top and see how tough he really is. I'm so excited for that fight if they do rebook it or they can rebook him and Cheeto. But Cheeto's obviously fighting Dominic Cruz, so he's on to bigger and better things. So I don't know what you do. I, I think you kind of have to run that one back. Uh, Pedro put out a statement saying that he had like a cut on his eye, on the cornea. Yeah, he had a scratch cornea. My brother actually had the same thing. So people that saying that Sean, not showing that Pedro wanted a way out. Guys, if you've never been poked in the eye, you do not know what it feels like, especially in a fight when guys have these long ass nails sometimes, because not everyone cuts their nails all the way down. So you get a scratch cornea. That is one of the most painful things. And I'm speaking from like other people's experience. Like I've never felt it where I've had the cornea actually scratch. I've been poked, but never scratched. So I can only imagine what that feels like. So do you guys still think Pedro was faking? Let me know in the comments. I don't think he was faking. But let me know your thoughts. Have you ever been poked in the eye before? Have you ever been poked in a fight before? Let me know what you think. Sean did check some of the kicks, but he was saying that it scored for him and not for Pedro. I disagree. I think when you check a kick, it hurts both of you guys. It hurts the person throwing the kick, it hurts the person checking the kick. So to an extent, it's kind of like you're both damaging each other in the same breath. You know, so the same attack, both parties are, are taking damage. Now, if it was a check with the kneecap, I would say Sean isn't taking uh, any damage and Pedro's taking all the damage because the kneecap, where if you check the kick, the shin on a particular spot, you can break that bone in half, which we've seen a couple of times now, Corey Hill, Anderson Silva, Chris Weidman, um, Conor McGregor, just to name a few on the, on the biggest stage in MMA. Uh, Again, he checked the kick, but I still think it was, it was a close fight. I mean, he can't say he was winning the fight because he checked the kick. Like, bro, shut up. Just stop, please. Like, it's the same story of the Cheeto fight. Oh, I was piecing him up. He couldn't do anything. He kind of has the same spiel every single time. The fight doesn't seem to go his way, kind of. And I'm not saying he's, it, it may have some merit, but at the same time, it's like, bro, settle down a little bit. I sound like Volkanovski. <laughs> settle down. The Izzy fight, I thought it was a very good fight. I thought it was very technical at a high level. You're not gonna get all the knockouts that you see when guys are coming up the ranks because they're fighting lesser competition, guys that are less skilled, um, should I say opponents. You know, I don't wanna get canceled. <laughs> so your opponent typically aren't as skilled as they are when you get to the top. I do feel like once people are fighting for a world title, they tend to get better overall with everything. For some reason, it just seems like that's just the name of the game. It's like people train harder, they put more time in, and they just level up. I think people are a little bit spoiled with Izzy's past performances and how he was highlighting everybody, styling on people, having fun out there, and just making people look like they're just not on his level. Um, even in this performance, he made JC look like he's not on his level, Cannonier. But to Cannonier's credit, he could say I stuck, stuck it out for 25 minutes with one of the greatest middleweights of all time, one of the greatest. That being said, I do feel like Izzy, a fair critique of mine would be he's starting to throw a lot less strikes than he normally does. It's a lot more fainting. 
which is him reading his opponents, trying to figure out what attacks he's going to draw out from his opponent so he can counter the right way when I get it and possibly get a finish. But I will say, in his previous fights, he's been throwing a lot more. And in, in the last few, he's kind of thrown a lot less. And obviously, it's a game of inches. You got a guy like Jared Cannonier in front of you, a guy like Yoel Romero. Those guys hit you one time, you're probably getting sent to the gulags. Like, I don't blame him for being more cautious against guys like that. You got to play safe. The name of the game is winning and get your hand raised and to make as much money as you can while you're in this spotlight. So for me, I can't say Izzy is boring. I think he's very, very technical. I'm not going to say that fight was fight of the year, but it was a good technical fight that I think a lot of people could take notes from and, and uh, learn from just to see some of the brilliance and what he was doing. And I think JC, man, he had a couple of opportunities, Ken and Air, to get takedowns. When he had that body lock, all he had to do was step his hips in front. He would have pulled Izzy over his hips and taken him down all day long. Now, obviously he's not a wrestler by trade, but those are the type of situations that he needed, in my opinion, to win that type of fight. He needed to chew up the, the, the uh, lead leg of Izzy, make him pay for sitting on the outside, crash him with kicks when he can, and try to get the fight down to the ground like um, Blahovich did. And I think that would have been his path to victory, but easier said than done against a guy like Adesanya. Super hard to get a hold of, super slick, nice and technical, long rangey. But Kenanier had the range too, so I don't know, man. It was just such a tough fight on both sides, but both guys fought, I think both guys fought brilliantly for the most part. JC obviously came up short, so he could have done some things better, obviously. But um, for the most part, I think uh, Izzy did what he needed to do to get the job done. And uh, I know people are saying that they think he's boring. If you guys think he's boring, let me know in the comments. Um, let's debate about it. You're just, you're not going to be able to go out there and have those bomb burners every single time. That's just my personal opinion. I'm not fighting the Hugo Viennas. I'm not fighting, in no disrespect, I'm not fighting Cody Gibson anymore. I'm not fighting uh, Takeya Mizugaki. I'm not fighting the TJ Dillshaws, the Piotr Jans, the... The Corey Sanhagen's, the guys at the top of the division, the Jose Alves, the top of the top. Those guys barely and rarely make mistakes. So at that level for Izzy, I come some slack in regards to that. And you guys got to understand, it is a world title fight. There's big consequences. It's like, why even train for weeks and weeks and weeks if you guys just want us to go out there and just slang and bang and not use our fight IQ that we worked on the entire week? Or weeks, I should say, leading up to the fight. It doesn't make any sense. So I get you want action, but it's like, does the game plan just go out of the window in hopes to give the fans action? Like, I know you guys pay the bills, but you gotta be fair. Can't just expect guys to just go out there and just throw caution to the wind and not try to get the dub. You gotta try to get the dub. And again, I agree that he's throwing a lot less strikes. He's not as exciting as he's been, but he's still pretty damn exciting if you ask me from a high-level standpoint that understands what he's watching. Very fun fighter to watch. Just finished up, just finished up lunch. Thank you, brother. Uh, a couple other fights that I did want to talk about. Uh, the Nasty Armbar, Armbar by Sterlyarenko over Jessica Rose Clark. That was nasty. Uh, man, she's not much of a striker, but for her to get the fight down to the ground like that and to pull off an armbar that quickly says a lot. She lost three in a row. Kuniskaya, Julia Avila, Alexis Davis, and she comes back with a beautiful armbar finish. I think that's like her ninth armbar in a row. Not in a row. One, two, three, four, five, 
six, seven, eight, nine arm bars. She has nine arm bar finishes. It's pretty nuts. So if you hit the floor, if you hit the floor with her, please, ladies, do your arm bar defense. Do those drills because it's gonna come in handy against a girl like this. Uh, Andre Muniz, I thought he looked good um, beating Uriah Hall. Uriah Hall did impress me though with his takedown defense and being able to get back up a couple different times. That one surprised me. I actually thought Muniz would get a submission finish, but sometimes guys do their homework. Like I said, Uriah Hall got better in that position. Him and Fortis, they, they, those guys did their homework and they prepared him well for that matchup. Macy Barber beating Jessica I in her retirement fight. Fun fight to, to watch. Uh, actually, there's a lot of cage grappling, but Macy did what she was supposed to do, creating space, landing some elbows in a clinch, and Jess retired after that. I think she kind of realized like she's at a different stage in her career. She's 35 years old, pioneer. She's lost one, two, three, four, four. She's lost four in a row. Macy Barber, Jennifer Maya, Joanne, uh, Joanne Wood now. She just got married. And uh, Cynthia Cavillo. That saved her back home. Thank you, bro. Who else we got? Duplessis over Brad Tavares. Crazy fight. Uh, Machado, Gary, Ian over Gabe. That was a good one. Jim Miller, also another retirement fight for Cowboy Cerrone. That was a tough one. What was it? Yeah, guillotine choke, man. Nasty finish. I want to actually want to do a breakdown for those submissions. For the armbar finish, just to give people, give you guys an idea of what it looks like and what it feels like. Man, you saw the dislocation of um, Rose Clark's elbow. She was tapping, tapping, and still got her arm dislocated. In the Jim Miller choke, I want to show you guys that one as well. Jalen Turner, nasty guillotine choke over Brad Riddell in the first round. That was unexpected. 40, it says 45 seconds. That was quick. 45 seconds of round one? Holy shit. Nuts. That is nuts. Brian Barberina, Robbie Lola, standing TKO finish in the second round. That one was, I, I, that one was nasty. And then you have uh, over a tough Robbie Lola. I think Robbie Lola's at that stage too, though, man. I think 40 years old, he's at a point where it's probably time to just ride off into the sunset. I don't see any reason for him to take any more damage like that with these young up-and-coming guys. Barberina is 33 years old, so... He's getting up there too. Then we have Alex Pereira over Sean Strickland. That was a nasty knockout. Left hook. Now, Sean was doing good, pressing forward, pressing the action. I thought I was like, Sean's putting his money where his mouth is and trying to write the check for his ass, for his ass to cash. And unfortunately, he didn't cash it, but he went forward, he went for it. And this is what we talk about. You need a willing dance partner. Alex Pereira had a willing dance partner in Sean Strickland. And that was the difference in that fight between Israel Adesanya and Jared Cannonier. One guy has to go forward and have the initiative to try to get the other guy out of there. Then you have somewhat of a dance, and it's either your initiative is gonna work or it's gonna fail miserably. Or sometimes it just fails. It can be in between. It's like Max, Max has failed, Sean Strickland's failed miserably, and Cannonier didn't take the initiative at all. So it was just like, those are like the different scenarios and the way the fight can play out when you break it down like that so shout out to Strickland for actually you know having the balls to go after Pereira and trying to keep it standing I think he should have used the wrestling a little bit try to get him down and that could have changed the, the pace of the fight 
didn't do that. And at the end of the day, sometimes you live by the sword, you die by the sword, and that's what happened to him. Um, big left hook right on the chin, put Sean down, follow-up punches, and that fight is over. So that's pretty much our wrap-up. Thank you guys for hanging with us. We're going to head back home, get this up for you guys. And if you have any comments, let me know who you think should be up next for Israel Adesanya. Who you think Volkanovski should fight next? Should he be 155 trying to be double champ? Or should Henry Cejudo get a crack at him? Should myself get a crack at him? I know you guys are probably going to talk shit and say I got a lot of work to do. Listen, I, I did a pretty good job at this bandweight division already. There's a couple more guys I haven't fought yet. So let me get through TJ and I will be in that talk for double champ soon. Guaranteed. Keep doubting me. I like to prove the haters wrong. And for my supporters out there, thank you. Much love to you guys. And welcome to the dark side.